All right, welcome back in here on the Blitz 1170. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Colby Daniels. Scott File here as well. This is the show. Thank you for tuning in and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We want to hear from you on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line 918-262-5072. Okay. Both of your opinions on this will go back to what we started the show on today. But... If this ends up with the way that at least the potential is there with the health of Gordon Hayward, would you put Oklahoma City in the winner category today as far as teams that made moves? Oh, man. I don't know that I would say it's a winner. Okay. But, I mean, if I was going to grade it, I would say, like, C. C plus. All right. Scott? Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a win. I'd say it's definitely a positive. I mean, you didn't really give up anything as far as what was in the future for your franchise. And, you know, you took a flyer. If Hayward doesn't work out, okay, again, you didn't really lose anything. But if it does work out, it could be a a huge veteran presence down the stretch and in the playoffs. So, yeah, I'd I'd say C. I'd I'd, I'd call it a positive. I don't know if I'd call it a win, but. I'd call it definitely call it a positive. And for those that are just tuning in uh, this afternoon, the trade deadline was today. Oklahoma City Thunder tried to solidify their roster. Uh, Colby had the best point in all of this. This is a playoff move by acquiring Gordon Hayward from the Hornets. You had to give up um, Man. Uh, you also had to give up Bertans and uh, Misich as well. So they got draft compensation, did Charlotte in this. There's also the Washington and Dallas side of this as well that will factor into some of the moves today. But I think we just keep this very on point today with Hayward and how he applies here to Oklahoma City. Uh, I'm like you guys. I It's hard for me to just go and say, hey, they are a winner on the trade deadline day especially with a guy that hasn't played since Christmas, basically. Um, I think if you you have to look at it in specific terms if you're going to put the Oklahoma City Thunder as a winner because of what you guys mentioned, and you did not give up anyone that is a, a, a solid piece to your rotation. You virtually didn't have to give up much of, of anything at all. And And playing on the if factor, he is kind of a... Swiss Army Knife, he's the jack-of-all-trades type of contributor that Sam Presti has identified in the past and has kind of been on a lot of people's radar as a potential piece for Oklahoma City. Now, is there anything that he does that just is otherworldly or considered elite? No. I mean, he's 33, almost going to be 34. But when you say that, that comes across as a slight, but... Hayward is just an overall solid player. He's actually not that bad of a defender. He's a really good creator and passer. Um, He shoots 40% from the corner. He is pretty good in the pick and roll and pick and pop. Pretty good, but not great. He fits in with exactly with what they want and what they need right now, which is a solid piece of the puzzle if he can play moving into the playoffs. I don't know what this means anything for 
uh, the shifting in roles for Josh Giddy or even uh, Kenrich Williams, um, what that means for for Jalen Williams. I, I, I don't I don't know. If anything, I think it kind of gives them a little bit more in their back pocket if he's healthy, that if there is a night in the playoffs where, let's say, Josh Giddy has a bad game, let's say somebody else has a bad game, you feel comfortable with being able to insert him into that position that he can give you more with someone that might be having a bad night. That's how I kind of look at this. And, I, I mean, we know the limitations of Josh Giddy. He doesn't shoot it that well. And the chances of him maybe having a, an off night here or there are, are rather high. He hasn't played well in stretches throughout the course of the season. Now, he's also had a lot going on off the basketball floor that he's had to contemplate and think about. So maybe that plays into it. But for me, this is just, all right, we're going to take a swing here. Hasn't cost us much. Gives us, uh, you know, a, a a rotation player that we can fit in. He can play the the power forward spot if we need him to, but we don't really need a whole lot from him to be impactful. That's how I kind of view today the trade that Oklahoma City made for for Hayward. Are you guys kind of in the same realm? Yeah, I mean, you traded a guy that has played 13 games this year in Trey Mann, a guy that's played 15 games this year in, in Bertans, and then with Michich, uh, you know, a guard that's 30 years old that plays about 12 minutes a game. I mean, I, I don't think that long-term any of those guys were in the mix for this organization, and they were going to need roster spots going forward. And, you know, Gordon Hayward is obviously probably going to be one of those as well when this is a rental. I, I don't think in any circumstance this is long-term for Gordon Hayward. I think this is a rental for this postseason run. He has experience. You know, it's not like he's going into this postseason and, and a guy that doesn't know what to expect. So there's the element of, you know, just bringing in ex an experienced player into the locker room and what that can do to benefit, I think, the, the young core that they have, but in terms of the basketball, if he's healthy, right? That's the biggest thing. We don't even know that he's going to be healthy enough once the playoffs come around or like how many minutes can he actually play when he gets back on a nightly basis? Like, I, I don't even, if you think that he's a guy that might be like you mentioned on a night that Josh Giddy's not playing well, like I, I don't think it's taking Giddy's role and no. playing like 30 minutes in a night, but he can give you stretches where, you know, I think his length at six seven and and his ability to stretch the floor and and space the floor and give other you know just because of the threat that he is from the outside, I, I think he's just a, a nice complimentary veteran presence for the playmakers that you have. And look, we've said this about the Thunder for basically their entire existence. It's never a bad thing to add players that can shoot from the outside and spread the floor for your actual playmakers that have the ball in their hands. And that's kind of what I look at, at Gordon Hayward being situationally used in the postseason where, you know, maybe it's Josh Giddy that doesn't, like you said, doesn't shoot the ball well and you're able to play him. Isaiah Joe is probably the guy you would call on for that before Gordon Hayward even, but you don't want to have just one option there, right? I mean, of all the names you mentioned, the guy that I think might be impacted the most, and this is maybe, would probably be Kenrich Williams, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. He's probably, from a minute standpoint, if you have a healthy Gordon Hayward, he's probably the guy that, that potentially 
would be impacted the most by this. So you had you were talking earlier about this is right in Presti's wheelhouse and how how he identifies players. I several grades today so far, depending on who you read, and maybe some of the pushback on this outside of those that like it said, well, did it really solve any of your problems when it comes to size? Well, I mean, if if we know anything about Sam Presti, and I know that there were a lot of names that were throw, thrown out there in, in order to try to help them with size. Like Olenek was one from Utah who ended up getting moved today. And then the other one that we were hearing was, was Drummond from Chicago, right? We've, we've heard that a lot over the past two weeks. But when you think about it, especially from a Drummond perspective, like he is really anti what how this team is even built. Like his skill set is more of a of, from a from a physicality. Like, I was going to say personality and personality. And you, it, and I mean, listen, you might need that at times in in moments. But I think Presti has always kind of weighed, you know, the the trade off. All right, so if we bring in a guy like Drummond. What's the trade-off on that? All right, it kind of it it his style doesn't play well with everyone else that we have on the floor. So is 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 making that move actually more detrimental to us in the playoffs than it is just adding someone else with the hopes that he's going to be healthy that absolutely fits what our core belief in who we are is. And Presti probably as much or more than any GM in the NBA weighs what type of personality a player has and how that will impact the locker room. Like it's not just the basketball part of the equation for Sam Presti. It's never been, and it never will be right. Like, or it always will be part of that equation. And, and Gordon Hayward checks that box, right? Um, Drummond, I, 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 I'm not saying he's a bad guy by any means. I'm just saying, I, I don't know that from a personality standpoint, given, uh, you know some of the things that have happened and some of his stops that that that's the type of personality Presti would want to bring into a young locker room right that that doesn't have a bunch of veteran presence and you know I, I just that one doesn't make as much sense off the court to me and then to your point on the court yeah it's it's not necessarily like the greatest fit but again it also is determined by the price Right. And sometimes the asking price is too high and Sam Presti's not going to make a deal just for the sake of making a deal. If it's a bad deal, he's not going to make the deal. Well, and that's why in the early stages, the initial report did not have, you know, um, Misich in this included in it. And then, you know, people started going through and like, well, okay, there's going to have to be some cash consideration that's in here as well. And the next thing you know, his name was thrown in and you're like, oh, okay, all right. Makes a little bit more sense now, but. And just with as calculated as Presti has been, um, you know, I, and I know that we had even talked about, you know, primary targets, and it it probably just just wasn't a good enough fit along with how they made that play out financially on it. Um, and I, you know, they got two spots open, and we had mentioned earlier about, you know, is there a two way guy that you like? Is there someone else that that you can buy out? Um, for a very short-term run here to go, maybe someone else to handle the ball uh, in an emergency situation. I I, I don't know, but I, I think the, the biggest takeaway is that you at least got potential 
with a guy that fits well if you can have him stay healthy. It's 138 games over the last four and a half seasons that he's missed, by the way. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a ton. I think I read he hasn't played over 52 in the last five seasons. You know, you brought up the minutes earlier. Like, no one's asking him to play 30, even though that's kind of what Charlotte was doing in the early stages. Like, he was playing more minutes in Charlotte at the early point of this season than he has in, like, the last three or four years. Man, maybe that contributed, you know, to him getting hurt again. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's that's pushing it for a guy that you know has had injury problems anyway. Like, really, you're going to have him playing thirty and plus minutes? Asking him to do less could be beneficial, just for his ability to stay on the floor and and perform potentially. Right? There's no doubt. And then there's also this that plays into it. You're in Charlotte with a team that you know is going absolutely nowhere. And I, a change of scenery going to a team that's fighting for a number one seed in the West, sometimes that can energize you. Wouldn't put a percentage on it. You just you just no don't question. know. But I We see it all the time in the NBA. I think there's guys that play in cities that they know that there is no future prospects of them playing in the postseason at all, and their give a bleep goes completely out the window sometimes. And I'm not accusing Gordon of doing that. I'm just not, but maybe there is a form of fountain of youth that he can find here in Oklahoma City with this with this move. Well, being excited to play the game as opposed to going through the grind is a, beating. Is a completely different scenario, right? And again, just his body may feel much better being asked to do way less than it was. And yeah, we'll see how it works out. And on the flip side of this, this was the other point I wanted to bring up. For Thunder fans that may see Trey Mann, and this may happen, it may not, I don't know. But if Trey Mann goes to the Hornets and starts averaging 18 points a game, I know there are going to be some Thunder fans that are like, see, we should have never traded him. Yeah, don't do that. Should have never traded. Don't do that. He's scoring points for a bad team that has no options to score points. He's a volume shooter, and somebody's got to score the basketball on a bad team, right? He can't do that in Oklahoma City because you're not going to sacrifice Shea shots to get Trey Mann more looks at the basket. You're not going to sacrifice Jalen Williams' attempts to get Trey Mann more looks at the basket. So his his point total could potentially go up drastically, right? It, depending on if, if they even use him. Like, who knows? But there is a scenario where he goes there and starts from a points-per-game standpoint producing at a much greater level than he did in OKC. And, you know, you have to throw that out the window and understand what that situation is. There is no question, no question at all. And as a matter of fact, I think you could probably put that in the, I don't want to call it a 100% guarantee, but Trey Mann's going to play pretty well, I have a feeling, in, in Charlotte no matter what. So just... Uh, yeah, somebody, somebody's got to score points for them. They have That team stinks. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. All right, it's 437. And he might do it shooting a really bad percentage, but you know. Still going to fill it up. 437 here on the Blitz 1170. We'll take a timeout. Uh, we're coming to you live from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studios here on the Blitz and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Timeout, come back. Colby will take the reins for just a few moments before we get to a snack here on the Blitz 1170.